My name is Joshua Cummins, and I wanted to do a show that I felt was needed in this world. A show the family could enjoy together. I wanted to talk about faith and relate it to living today. I also wanted to tell family stories for a good laugh. To wrap things up, I felt the need to tackle politics of today. From a conservative point of view, this is my show, Faith, Family, and Politics. Enjoy. All right, hello, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. This is our first episode ever. Yay! Yay. And we're going to have a... We're going to have a really big show today. That's my friend Louie there on recording. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't be here today. Um, he's been sick, so... Um, here on the first episode with me, I've got my father, uh, Gary Moore. Howdy ho. How you doing today, sir? Wonderful, wonderful. And I've got my good friend, Alan McFarland. We grew up together. How you doing today, sir? Oh, great. And yourself? Doing all right. All right. Um, to kick things off, we're going to start off with the faith portion. Um, this is where we uh, discuss a sermon as it's being delivered. Um, and I'm going to let my dad, uh, Gary, go ahead and kick us off. All righty. We're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. The word, of, uh, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred into the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good, to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hands, O house of Israel. Amen. Amen. Uh, may we pray over that uh, scripture real quick? Yeah. yeah. Blessed Heavenly Father, we give you praise going on. Our first for this, our salvation, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to gather as friends, kind of discuss your word and some other topics, Lord. We just ask that you bless the meeting and the podcast, Lord, as we go forward. Let us do it with a boldness and a truth, not only in our mind, but in our heart and in our speech. We ask all of this in Jesus' heavenly name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, this scripture here, the house of Israel, as we plainly know, has spent more time in chaos than they have in just about anything else. From the time they got into Egypt, well, when you go back to the point that they went into Egypt, they ended up in Egypt because of, because of their sin and their actions. And one of the things that caused that is just simply their uh, jealousy. You start off jealousy. Between brothers. It's an ugly thing, jealousy. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and it, it, I had it, a lot of jealousy bet between me and my brother growing yeah, up. I know that. Yeah. Alan just had to sit back and witness it when that's we were I, kids. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, it's, it's easy to witness. Um, but you always hope that you grow out of it <laughs> yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. I think we, uh, think don't we got worry about trying to keep up with the Joneses, <laughs> especially when it's brothers. Um, your, your last names were Joneses anyway. So, <laughs> but... The interesting thing here is he's just letting them know. It's like, listen, sin, the very thing that is that has corrupted you, the things I've told you don't intermingle with those that are around you. And now before anyone jumps on the bandwagon to say, oh, 
oh, we, we don't mix races. That's not what we're discussing. We're discussing sin and the actions and reactions to that sin. God recognized from Genesis. So they were in the middle of the honeymoon when he created man. Now, I know that you've realized that. It says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, he said, let's make man in our image. And he made them male and female. In chapter 2, he goes through, scoops up the dust, dust of the earth. So many people go through and say, he, well, he picked up dirt and formed man were glorified mud balls. He picked up the dust. So the least of the dirt is what he made man from. So that shows you just how precious we are because he took what was the least of the earth and made something that was greater than the earth and would have dominion over the earth. So our very beginnings was to be rulers and kings, all of us. But within one chapter of it going from this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, it went to, guess what? Eve goes to talking with a serpent. Ladies, you don't talk to another man, especially when your <laughs> man is right there with you. Right. <laughs> What's she do? <laughs> it wasn't even a man that she was talking to. She's talking to the snake. Um, I don't know how many wi- how many women do you really know that are sitting back going, that snake's better looking than my old man. <laughs> well, I don't know. There might be a few out there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, there's, there's been a few people I've seen that kind of is like, Ugh. but no, uh, we're all beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God, even with our imperfections. Um, and that's one of the things that he's saying here is there are imperfections. But when we walk with him, he can work those imperfections out. Now, the potter has the ability, when he's molding that clay, if he sees that there's a dry spot in the clay, he can work it up to the top edge, and he can pick it out. Or he can just take that lump and just set it off to the side and throw yeah. another lump of clay on. I remember that in ceramics class. I had so many things bust inside the, the kiln. It wasn't even funny. They, yeah, my teacher kicked me out because I kept busting things in the kiln. Well, it's, it's <laughs> you've got thin spots in the wall. Um you know, basically rocks in the clay. And those imperfections, if you don't see them before you get to the kiln, and that's, God says, I'll, you know, your works I will test with fire. So anything that is hay, stubble, and stick is going to burn up. But anything that's precious stone and precious metal will all, will all come through the fire. And that's the great thing about it is we're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tried. But if we're on his side, then he's going to he's going to find those spots that are bad and he's going to get them up to where he can get rid of them and it doesn't seem to to affect the pot you know it may be that you've got a dry spot he can kind of work that up to where he can draw that out to a point and get rid of it and you went from being a cup to being a pitcher well that's a good way of looking at uh, delayed gratification right yeah as well yeah absolutely so that's what he's saying. He says, I can work you into exactly what you need to be. And so many of us, we just see, well, we're, I'm a broken thing. I'm a broken object. There's no way God can fix me. God takes what's broken. He wants your broken. He doesn't want, he doesn't come for the perfection of life. No, the, the most beautiful mosaics are made out of broken pieces, right? Broken pieces, <laughs> absolutely. Um, if you look at a painting, is it one color? It's many colors. So many colors, many, um, many different things create what is beautiful. Um, now you look at a mountain range. What makes a mountain range? 
you, you look at a mountain range and say, well, those are all green trees. But when you really look at it, then you start to see the shadows, the ridges, the rises, and the way the sun hits the trees will all change the colors of a green tree. And we don't take the time to kind of look at that. I mean, this is a master creator. This is someone that went through, when he created the mountains, yes, he, he spoke it into existence. But the beautiful thing is, is when you look at a mountain range, it literally just looks like he just kind of went like this, maybe even with two hands and just kind of peaked it up so you can almost see where the fingers were as he brought it up and caused uh, hills, valleys, and ridges into the mountains. So when you got those that are, um, take the notion of the prerogative that there is no God. We call them atheists, but those yeah. are usually individuals that have lost their way in the truth. So they kind of they get on this notion that, well, there is no God. Well, there's a reason you're saying there's no God, and you're fighting really hard to prove that to me. So I'm saying here is the master creator has the ability to take whatever seems wrong in your life, and he can fix it. Fix it for your good. Fix it for better for your future. You can be a better version of you when you're walking with him. Now, there'll be those that, like I said, that'll say it doesn't work that way. It does. Um, does it mean that if you get on God's side, if you're a heavy person, that you'll be a physically fit person through by the time you die? No. No, <laughs> I think we'd all like that. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> be, we'll, be fantastic. we'll all have the body of an Adonis by the time we die. <laughs> no, it don't work that way. It never does. I'd just be like, well, thank you, Lord, for my six-pack. No, no. <laughs> we have that on the other side when we really don't need to have the six-pack or worry about it. But that's the great thing. We could get into Scripture, and we look at the fall of man from the garden, but he has shown two vessels, the vessel that is marred, and that's all of us. But then he can take what is marred and he can make it to where, and, and you're going through saying, well, you know, I'm not really broken. Okay. But he can take what seems to be, everyone can look at themselves and say, I'd like to be just a little different in this area. Um, you've got those that from the beginning of time, Moses, prime example, he said, my speech isn't any good. Um, but yet, God managed to find a way to put plenty of words into his mouth to speak. Um, Jeremiah, um, where we're reading from, literally said, I'm but a child. And God told him, he says, I knew you when you was in your mama's womb. Before your mama conceived you, I knew you. I ordained you. So God had already started shaping Jeremiah far before he even, you know, before Jeremiah was old enough to, understand any form of scripture God had already perfected him because God sees the beginning and the end and that's what a lot of people kind of like they lose that perspective because they want to keep God in this nice little neat little box and uh, oh, he's like on a checklist yeah. God, number a, one, God number one the or family two, yeah. or someone to summon when they need him <laughs> yeah yes, yeah exactly. he's not a genie yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. No, I do not. see that a lot too <laughs> yes uh, he's not the genie in the bottle despite what uh, so many people it's never the intent. It was never, never the goal. And that's one of the reasons why we have so many problems today is so many people just kind of look just enough at everything and say, Here, here's where we're at, here's where we're going. And we really don't need a God to do that. 
because then it's just a crutch. And I would turn around and say, but when you run into a problem, half the people will go through and look at someone that goes to church and say, pray for me. My family's having problems. It's like, so you want me to pray for you, but you won't go to church. All right, so I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to pray that you get saved. I'm going to pray that you'll go to church and hear the word. I'm going to pray that God's going to put someone into your life that's going to help you to see that if you follow God, there is victory for your life. I had a friend I was hanging out with uh, earlier today, had that kind of situation. Uh, um, He expressed that he believed in in a... and a higher power of sorts, but he, he was kind of all over the map as to what he believed in, uh, nothing central, but, you know, um, I helped him financially a little bit. We got to give him a little bit of food and stuff like that. Just, you know, being a good friend and cause he's on hard times. And, uh, and, you know, we talked about prayer a little bit and got onto that. And yeah, I, I expressed that I was going to be praying for those exact things. And you know, it, and see, and I can understand a little better where he comes from because I'm along that spectrum, you know, but, uh, see, that's the, the spectrums that people are in. Now it's not my job to go through and, you know, beat you over with the hammer, you know, <laughs> Fair. But, you know, get God, get God, you know, no, that's, that's <laughs> not, you know, that's never what this is about. I'm willing to give you the truth and it, it's, it's a take it or leave it for you. Right. Uh, my prayer is, each day is, Lord, what I say, let someone receive it, hear it. Let it, let it in essence, be a boomerang in their life. So it goes in this ear, but I want it to come back around to this ear. That way, you know, if there's no one to catch a boomerang, a boomerang could likely, as long as it's got enough speed, will make a full circle because that's what it's going to do. It's going to go out and it's going to come back. But if you don't catch it, then it's going to go back or it's going to come back around. Um, like I said, if it's got enough momentum. That's probably the best way to look at um, one One way you can look at Scripture is you throw a bur- boomerang, it's going to come right back around, and and it will make that circle if it needs to. And once it's there, you can try real hard to get rid of it, dismiss it, dispute it, but then somewhere along the way someone else is going to say something, and what I said is going to come back. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus, when he was identifying to Nicodemus in uh, chapter 3 of St. John, it said, you know, man must be born again. And when he was discussing, he says, man must be born of flesh, of water, and of spirit. And so many people kind of, you know, just like, well, you know, um, I'm born, so therefore I'm born again. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. You must know that, what is of the flesh is flesh, but what is of the spirit is spirit. And you can dismiss him all you want, but at some point, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if you walk after Christ, and you can look at, there are records in, I'm wanting to say even in like the, the Buddhist temples that recognize there there is, I don't know, not Buddhist. Well, in areas of Asia, there's documents of Jesus. In, in Greece, there are documents of Jesus. In Egypt, 
there's documents of everything that God has done. So you've got all these places that are saying that there is a reality to this. There is a reality to it. Now You can dismiss it and say, I'm a kook. But the problem is, is over 2,000 years, this Bible's been around. And, well, I should say probably closer to five, 6,000 years um, from Genesis through today. Torah that came first, right? And yeah, then we had the, the Torah. Yeah. Um, when you look at it in that fashion, you've got this word, and they will say, well, man made this word. But the problem is, is you can dismiss it as being a book of fairy tales, but look at how hard they'll fight to keep this out of a school. True. To shut you up about it. So literally, if it is, if it's a book of fairy tales, no different than Dr. Seuss, which they've already canceled Dr. Seuss, called him a racist. And uh, let's see here. That is the opinion of others, but not the opinions of this group of people that are sitting here. Yes. So therefore, <laughs> I like, I like those, those fact checkers <laughs> that love to adjust things, we are making a, a statement of accusation of truth and clarity. You didn't, you didn't say who they were, so they so can be anybody. So yes. we could, yeah. Which is a broad spectrum yeah. <laughs> from East Coast that, to West Coast. I think that works just fine. Yeah. Points of the compass. Um, so just make sure that the YouTube overlords understand that we're not yes. trying to <laughs> come YouTube at them in any way, shape, or form. And just whoever. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's that's the great thing. They have tried to dismiss this man wrote it, so therefore Trump. No, it was inspired. It is spoken of God. Yes, man may have pinned it to paper, but its truths have always been there. And so many documents. It is um, uh, Ray, no, Ron, Ron Strumble, Jr. Well, while you think about that, I wanted to go back to the uh, God perfecting the vessel. Um, so that's that's kind of like um, asking our for, when we ask for forgiveness, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, and then um, that's uh, you're, you're asking the, for you're asking forgiveness. It is is you coming, um, you coming to the realization that there's more to life that is available for you, and you can't achieve that that, as Confucius would say, enlightenment. You're not going to be able to reach full enlightenment on Confucius. You just there's there, you will never reach that level. That was one of the funny things in uh, Kung Fu Panda. You had his teacher that was always in. I love that we're going that direction, by the way. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, that's great. So um, I'm listening. It's like, so it's like, well, you know, um, the turtle, uh, Uguay, Uguay, you know, for years done this to achieve enlightenment. And this beginner panda figures it out with, you know, in under two and a half hours, yeah. he figures out what enlightenment is, which then kind of runs you. So everyone figures out the simplest of things at a different pace. And those that seem to struggle with it make it so more difficult than it really has to be. The simplicity of the gospel is, is don't turn me off, 
felt like I got down just a little no, bit there. No, I, I, I think that was because uh, your mic needs to be a little more towards your face. And uh, Laura, while you're listening to, uh, can you turn me down just a smidge? Am I coming across okay there, Laura? Yeah. All righty. Seemed to have lost myself a little bit there. We'll cut that out in post. All right. <laughs> That's fine. Leaving it in just makes this very real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't have audio problems, then it just seems like those guys are too fake. Yeah. It just seems too <laughs> real. <laughs> that must have been Which two weeks of editing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> two weeks of trim, cut, trim, clip, trip. Uh, no. They had too many transitions. What, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical here. <laughs> yeah, watch your transition. How many star patterns can you use? <laughs> exactly. But when we get into this pattern, um, and like I said, I use the Kung, Fu re, uh, the Kung Fu Panda reference, you look at what he achieved in two, and then what he achieved in three, was teaching Kung Fu in three. And he can't teach, he cannot teach someone else how to do his Kung Fu. He can only show you how to do Kung Fu for yourself. So he can show you the basis of Kung Fu, but all but where you achieve at your greatness has to come from you. So your level of greatness is here. God is willing to open up to you what final greatness looks like. And it's it's for us to work to that level to where we finally have that total enlightenment. And, uh, this sounds kind of like the relationship between a, a father and a child. Yeah. Which I know I'm the only father, father not non-father at this table, but, um, you know, having a father, having a grandfather, and understand that, like, that being able to, you can't, you can only teach your child how to think. You just can't, you can't teach them what to think. They're going to make their decision ultimately hmm. however it goes, right? Yes, it's true. But if you give them... This is this is your basis. This is how you think, whether it be um, taking a look at faith, taking a look at family, taking a look at politics, but keeping a broad spectrum, allowing them to make the decision. Solid tag there. Solid tag. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Um, so, like going, uh, this is this is how you go about that, so that they can be civil in any conversation or any aspect of their life, and then. Once they've come to their, their own realizations, they'll, they'll come back to you and they can learn even better on what they can think. Uh, the, the, end result, the end result <laughs> for those that will be watching later on is a father will teach you up to a certain point. And then all the mistakes you make, you can either go through and say, oh, it's his fault, all his fault, or you can accept that what you did was all on you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, right. Can, I can admit that my mistakes were, were all on me. <laughs> Those are the dry spots, yeah. right? Yeah. My, 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 yes, wa- my wife would spot. definitely. I love that idea. Laura's love sitting that. over there in the producer's chair. She would totally agree that all of my mistakes are my own. <laughs> She's nodding her head, yes. So. Um. Alrighty. So, knowing full well that we live in a society that we're all marred vessels, we haven't achieved the greatness that God has designed for us. What topics do we have for today? Okay. So yeah, we're all we're all mar- marred vessels. Um, we can um, either go right on into the telling the stories if we want to relate those to the, the faith portion. That would be just fine. Um, I thought of a few while we yeah. were talking about that that, um, that we can well, kind of intermingle. Right, well, Alan, uh, if you'd like, go ahead and uh, tell a story. Get us well, kicked off. Not really a story. I was just saying I loved how we kind of talked about um, faith and, and passing faith off. It, this is something that we believe. We can give you what we believe. 
you have to take up the ball and, and run with it, right? Yeah. And comparing that to fatherhood, that was fantastic. Sorry, I'm getting far away from the mic. <laughs> Let's right. pull back in a little bit. Um, a little too animated sometimes for a microphone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it is very, very true. You know, I look at my daughter and I say, I try to give her uh, less of a top-down approach. You know, none of this, I'm big, you're little. And I've talked to Eric Grant, and she's almost 11 now. So at this point, it is, let's have a conversation. You have, the, you may be in the wrong, but I'm going to give you the right to defend yourself. I'm going to give you the right to explain yourself. Now, that may not change things, <laughs> because I'm going to teach a lesson here. Now, what you do with that lesson is on you. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not your friend, right? So exactly. <laughs> I'm your friend at 25, but before then, I'm your parent regardless. So, because at 25, you've made... You've made plenty of mistakes. Well, in the end, she'll always be your little girl. But the good thing is, is that you will be able to see her finally as you saw her. And that's one of the things. And this is what our Heavenly Father desires for us all, is that he sees that we grow up into the person that he sees that we are. And that's, that's along with the lesson, is that he has the ability to shift you into the directions. When we look at the path of life that we, we take, we might find that we're kind of, it seems like the road that we're on is turning left. And the problem with turning left is sooner or later, you've just done a circle. And that's not where God's going to lead you. It's like he may veer you to the left only because the path to the right may be more than you could handle right then. So he's going to run you down so far, and it's like a detour. He's going to run you down so far, and he's going to show you you can finally come right and come back. Now, with that stated, there will be those who say, I thought narrow was the way, straight is the path that leads to him. Yes, true. That first segment from you being a sinner to being one that has accepted Jesus Christ, that is a short, straight line. A short straight line from your from from your brain to your heart. Sometimes all the way down here. You got to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets down too far, you're probably going to shift and it the rest right, of the right way. Into the gut, right into the gut. Right into the gut <laughs> yeah. for the people listening on audio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you're you're if you don't take it to that level, and yes, they need to make their own mistakes, to say the least. If it, if you're not making a mistake, you're not living, and so you're going to have falls. Ergo, your brothers had, uh, well, you both have had your fresh air falls. Uh, places you shouldn't have been, doing things you shouldn't have done. Yeah, we'll go into that family portion with that. Yeah. Sure, save that story. We, can, we yeah. can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we, we won't tell all the good stories of the first episode. I have a reminder episode, every though. time it rains, the stupid things I've done. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we've all done stupid stuff, and we all regret it. And we, I look back at about half of it, and I say, was there something I could have done differently? Probably was. But then follow up with, was there something I learned? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's always that, right? Yeah. Could I done something? Always, sure. I always, there's always going to be something you're going to be able to learn. Einstein's and that's 20, the great 20. thing. <laughs> um, but when it comes to your child has to see one of the things that you need to relate to your child, and I can honestly say I didn't do a good enough job um, in doing that, and that's, that is from making that commitment to say, not only in yourself, that you are going to show and explain greatness into their life. And that's where you want them to be. 
whether you decide to be a believer in Christ, that's, you know, that's, that is for self. But anyone that's raising a child, you want what's best for the child. Now, you don't want them to be um, whining, sniveling, um, self-absorbed, self-indulged. Um, but if, I'm, if I may interject, though, because you talked about, like, not feeling like you did a, gr- a great job with that. Well, well, no, 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 well, well you guys turned out good. But oh, we're okay, I guess. But <laughs> but as far as speaking into I, your lives the way, because that's one of the things that you, a, as your daughter gets older, you're going to have to relate to her that um, the guys that she's going to run into, not all of them, there she needs to see from now till you give her away and even really after that that a man should love her where she's at um bar nothing <laughs> um no hidden agendas right right and uh, and i think that's so when when we go through and do that and that's that's speaking into the life of the child what we see their future should be um, I think I had, had a point to follow up with that. Yeah, a second. I was so. gonna say that that's a good point. Well, I've already had a similar conversation. These these kids, you know, they're on the online playing games, and we did too. But there's a lot more influence these days, right? Yeah. So I've had conversations where I'm like, "Look, here's here's the reality of the situation. Never live to impress anyone else. The the, dish, the issue is if this boy wants you to do this thing because it's impressive." Understand those that list never stops. Yeah. That list only gets progress. It only progresses, right? So at the end of the day, you have to think about what makes you happy. What makes you happy at the end of the day? What what makes you feel like you're successful? So that you can look back and be proud of yourself and feel like you've accomplished the things. Because at the end of the day, you're never going to make people happy, but you can always look back at something and feel that that feeling of success and build upon yourself. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And you know that way, when you want that next level, see that someone else is always going to want more from you. And that's something you can you can impress that person. But if you want more from yourself, that's fulfillment. Exactly. Uh, well, and to touch back on, I just want to go back to it real quick, okay. just because of what you said about you know, not feeling like you did something up to par. But you, the, the the fact is, is that you going through your own spiritual journey and and progressing into that spiritual journey, and us getting to watch that unfold as we grew up. I feel like that was the better, I mean, God had, he had the big picture, right? Like you said before, he had the big picture. He knew what the path was going to be. And us getting to watch that unfold with you and become more and more close to him, a closer walk with thee, right? Yes. Um, Us getting to witness that, I feel like, for me anyway, it gave a closer relationship with God for me because I I watched it unfold for you. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not so uh, broken that I can't be. Um, rekilned yeah. <laughs> and uh, get some forgiveness. Um, it's just basically, and and the work of the potter is no different than the work of the husbandman or the vine dresser. I mean, you're going to have to. There's going to be some trimming. There's going to be some times that you're just kind of left going. But I get it. We we done. Mom and I done as as good of a job. A lot of people need to keep in mind. They said, uh, "I was 18 when I married Ken." Or no, I was 19. I'm sorry, I was 19. Yeah. But uh, in the end, I was still a kid that just married into a package deal. 
a kid going into kindergarten. Well, I thank God every day that you did. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was a kid raising a kid, and that's what we've got nowadays is you've got kids raising kids, and no one ever really spoke into their life that victory. So that's why it's really been here the last you know, 10, 15, 20 years or so, I guess, that it's really kind of been evident. It's like it, I was still being spoke into – I was still listening and receiving word that I hadn't had a chance to relate on down the line. So a lot of that has been done later in life. So the you know both boys both boys have turned out very well. Um, I think they could be a little better <laughs> in some areas, but uh, you'd be rekilled. <laughs> well, you know, and, and uh, one thing you didn't realize, of course, is that being the kid across the street didn't have his dad in his life every day. But I was at your house almost every day. Mm-hmm. You, you had a, a pretty solid impact on me as a kid as well, yeah. you know. And uh, your work ethic—you were—you were always, no matter how you felt, no matter what, you went out and you—you you did it, no matter how far you had to travel to do it either. Yeah, well, and yeah. so I build you up a little bit here, but I just yeah. want to let you know that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Definitely a positive impact on my childhood as well. Appreciate it. that. Would be the point of the episode that we'd have the oh. Yeah. Get <laughs> I don't think we have that on the soundboard we just don't, yet. I don't think so. <laughs> It's, we got the, the cheers, and I think there's some claps in there, but that's about... I, I think that's the softest I've ever been on a show, so we may have to edit that. <laughs> no, no. You know, hey, in, in the end, this is real life. And that's the whole note. The whole premise of the show is to identify life through the eyes of whether it be three people or four people or how many ever manage to end up on the show as the show progresses as life is real, life has pain, life has joy, Life has anger. You can't have the other two without anger. So anger is a specific part of life. Every day, somebody's going to be angry. Every minute, someone's going to be angry. In good likelihood, most of your day, you're going to be angry at something. (laughs) 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 Not the whole day. And now, now, when I say anger or angry, there are totality levels of angry. There's... Mm, which is, <laughs> which which is be one of the topics. Is a little bit what, of whatever rut. anger is at the top, and then you've got you just like that wasn't very nice. Back of your mind, you're going mm, beep, boom, yeah, beep, boom. Like God, pre forgive me. I'm about to scream pejoratives and explicitives. <laughs> exactly. I, I just carry a a standard level of sarcasm all day long, yeah. and then put a smile in front of it. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it disarms everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think exactly. it goes like that, that T-shirt that, uh, that says, uh, uh, people think that uh, I, I'm really funny, but really I'm just mean. <laughs> <talking> about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just the sarcasm comes off that way, I guess. Um, so I guess that can move us right into the, the family portion. Um, kind of thought we were there. Yeah, thought, we were pretty, pretty, we much, were. pretty much rolling in there. But, yeah, I, I kind of like to go into some, some old stories. Um. Since we were talking about um, stupid decisions, I feel like that could be a pretty good topic to go in with the family portion today, because <laughs> uh, um, one in particular that goes about, like I was talking about when it rains, I, I do feel it every every time it rains. Um, I uh, chose to go further than I was allowed on my bicycle. Uh, well, not my bicycle, my brother's bicycle. Let me correct. <laughs> make we sure got a you fact got checker in the room. Yes. <laughs> hey, I just want to make sure we weren't going to say anything. We had to check the statutes on. So, okay, we're good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, so I 
His his knees went past <laughs> the limitation yeah. already. I put, I'm putting up air quotes here. Borrowed my brother's bicycle, and uh, <laughs> um, he was south when he should have been north. Yeah, and I said, yeah, I said that I was going to be in one place. I was in a completely different place. Um, long story short, I guess uh, I ended up um, trying to cross uh, Arlington Avenue and got hit by a minivan at uh, 45 miles an hour. One of the scariest uh, times of my life. Wow. And it, it was a f- just a matter of seconds. I mean, one second, I'm looking across the street to our friend Larry. You remember Larry? Yeah. Um, we can get to that story another time as far as how Larry is. But, uh, um, yeah, so one second, I'm looking at Larry across the street, and I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm on my way because he was waiting for me to come across the street. And the next second, I'm getting pummeled uh, by a Dodge, <laughs> of all things. Hey, unfortunately, you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They didn't and, either. Um, so uh, I, I remember – being hit, I remember kind of seeing out of the corner of my eye, I'm in the air, and then I remember hitting the ditch. Um, the other guys said, now that could be teenage embellishment, but they said I flew at least six feet above the van. I don't know. Um, because I was unconscious for at least a couple seconds. And uh, the, the guy who was driving the van, who was pretty close to my age, uh, he, he jumps out, his windshield smashed, his front of his vehicle's totaled, and he's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm okay. And then I started to march over to him, not knowing that my kneecap uh, and the, the ligament to my right kneecap had been completely torn from the kneecap. Oh, wow. I didn't feel it because the adrenaline was just. Oh, I was pumping. Yeah. So there were, there were neighbors coming out of their houses, and they were coming towards me, and I'm throwing people because of the adrenaline. And it, it took uh, a, a few officers to actually wrangle me down, calm me down, put me on a gurney and get me to the hospital. Um, yeah, so that was a really dumb decision. Uh, I, I regret it every time it rains. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it doesn't even end there, though, because I remember I was in the hospital, and I had my, vers- my first experience with morphine. Um, the nurse, yeah, the nurse brings it in, and she, she gives me this little bitty thing. She says, this is morphine. And she says, you're going to feel real good here in about a minute. But it didn't even take that long. I swear it was no longer, no sooner that I had taken it. And I looked around the room at my, my mom, my dad, my cousin, my aunt. They're all there. And I said, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I could tell as soon as that morphine was wearing off because I started screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> See, it's always, I've had it once and it made me horribly ill. Like I couldn't keep anything down when they gave me the, my, my head felt like it was on fire and I couldn't keep anything down. I would never do it again. <laughs> that's that's my one experience with morphine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was a really dumb decision uh, for, for me. Uh, you got any dumb decisions, you guys? Dumb decision. I mean, I don't think I've made a dumb decision. Yeah. <laughs> He's perfect over here. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not perfect. Um, <laughs> geez, I was just I a little was, bit marred. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely marred. Um. Actually, I can't think. I was too busy listening to your story that I <laughs> couldn't think. I didn't drum something up in my own head. Okay. I'm sure Dad's got some stories. He'll probably oh, well. drum, drum up one of those youthful. See here. <laughs> Dumb stories. Yeah. Um, seeing the bike ramp, and you've been jumping ramp most of the day. Is this, this is one of those like couple concrete blocks and a piece yeah. of plywood? Piece of plywood. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it wasn't us those. jumping ramps in the backyard. That uh, You're no. not telling a story on us, are you? No, no. no. Okay. <laughs> we did plenty no, of that I've, and I've got ourselves hurt pretty good. Yeah. yeah. 
I've got my <laughs> own stories. Um, but the you always want the higher the ramp, the longer the ramp. So we had uh, it got up there, and I thought it, the board's a little short, but I think I could still pull it off. And uh, all I got to do is drag up the back wheel and go from it being a jump into a bunny hop. So a, a um, elevated bunny hop, which I know my demeanor currently doesn't look like I could totally scale on a serious bunny hop, but I had my magic. Hey, we were all young once. Oh, yes. I. Um, it wasn't uncommon to bounce back and forth off of a curb and going back up on a curb, not a little curb, we're talking curbs. And, uh, but I thought, I can do this. So I got up there, and just as I got to bunny hop, I kind of pressed down to lift up. When I pressed down, the board come off. So that meant the, the rear end dropped. So that immediately sent everything forward. I couldn't recover because the board was gone. So down on the pavement I go, just basically road rash this side of my face. It's not why I wear a beard right now. It's wintertime. Uh, <laughs> normally I'll keep the goatee, but I usually don't have a beard, but it's wintertime. So. Yeah, so people listening on audio don't care either way. So Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the whole notion is, is at some point this will be on Rumble and whatever. So just the notion, yeah, it's like you just mangled. You got rock, you got gravel stuffed yeah. in your face and you got to pick that out and uh, so of course yes there was a girl near bear near nearby i think her older sister was out there also i can't remember but oh uh, he was trying to do that impress somebody thing yeah, yeah. yeah well that. that list we, goes on and on right now well, yes absolutely <laughs> no, i mean um <laughs> she really come off more like a sister realistically i mean now her older sister was another story you always go for the older girl yeah um absolutely but, yeah, no, I was, if the board would have stayed on, I'd have been fine. It would have came off beautifully. But when I I kind of squatted down to lift lift that bike up, just to kind of elevate it a little bit more. And, I mean, that's, it was still, I was still off the ground. We had it elevated about three foot. So, I mean, I was four or five foot up in the air when I came down on my face. Wow. Um, so, but. Do have some mad jumping skills though. Yeah, there's been some pretty <laughs> decent jumps that I have been on and been over. Apparently, uh, they're not that good when you're on a snowmobile, though, right? No, no, that's another story for another time. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so yeah, dig, digging into our childhood. Sure. Uh, yeah. Trying to think of of something there that's a that's definitely a, a learning moment. Was um, at one point I lived right across the street from the school that we went to. Yep. And I had to walk. I had a pretty decent walk. I had a, there's a pretty nasty intersection on the east side of Indianapolis, and you have to cross. There's five or six streets that come into, like, a nasty little junction, and you had to walk across each one of these streets to get to my house. And for some reason, as a little kid, I always walked by this kid who was much bigger, much older. And for some reason, I'd just give him a face. I have no idea why I did it. And all I can remember is I kept giving him a face, kept giving him a face, kept giving him a face, and then one day he decides to follow me home. And I'm moving from little island of street to island of street till I get over to my street. And um, he pushes me. And then luckily I was able to just 
block all of his punches and kicks, right? So I don't, I don't have any damage to me at this point. This isn't one of those stories. But the simple fact was I, I learned at that point that there was some kind of, you know, I was going to have to pay for whatever I was doing. And, and also, when I turned around, my mom was actually standing outside. She watched the whole thing. And it was one of those moments where I actually, she said, I never stepped in because you were keeping yourself from getting hurt. And it was just one of those things like, you know, to, to feel that your parents actually put that faith in you. They could protect you. They should protect you probably. But yeah. to say, you know what, maybe I won't. Just go out there, do what you have to do. And I just, it was a dumb decision. I don't know why I did it. But that day I learned um, bigger than me <laughs> <laughs> and for no reason at all, why, why do it? That that really changed my life that day. I didn't get hurt, but but definitely changed my life. Save your looks for looking both ways (laughs) and staring at your shoes the rest of the time. (laughs) Probably turned you into into introvert for a little while. I bet. Yeah, 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 definitely, (laughs) definitely. That that corrected. Yeah. That's what I say about uh, introverts stare at their shoes, and uh, extroverts stare at uh, your shoes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Extroverted, so I'll stare at your shoes. That's fair. <laughs> so what's uh, what's next on the agenda here, buddy? Okay, so we're going to roll into politics uh, portion. Um, unfortunately, my iPad uh, decided it would not do updates. Not that you should know, but um, uh, so I sent the notes to my federal gentleman at the table here, and uh, nothing against the Apple products. We qualify the damages <laughs> to the user. So for hey. those individuals that love your apples. Keep on eating. <laughs> yeah, keep on eating apples. Apple a day. Um, I suppose. Um, how hard hit? How hard do we want to hit some of these topics here? So, um, well, uh, going with with last week, uh, something that's that's not particularly in the notes um, is a topic that I wanted to tackle last week. Um, given that it's, I'll just go ahead and put the date in here: Friday, uh, November twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. The verdict of Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, I felt like they made the right decision. Um, I felt like um, if people watched the trial, they would come out to that same decision. Um, I've seen a lot of things that go that would go the other. They felt the other way, and I see where where how they got there. Unfortunately, it, like I said, if if they had watched the trial, I feel like they would have um, uh, felt the same way. Um, but I, I felt I felt for the kid, um, and I felt like, yeah, he expressed his Second Amendment, his right to defend himself. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, was, um, I don't know how far we want to dig into this. I watched every minute Me too. of it, and it probably consumed a little more than my more of my life than my employer probably is okay with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the worst part, of course, is when I had to pause it to do my job, <laughs> and then realize that I'm. 20 minutes behind the curve or something like that, but I don't want to jump up to live. Um, there's a lot of ums. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll definitely say that it was l- fairly clear cut. Now, if someone were to look at some of the steel, some of the still images, so that was really the, the difference maker for the prosecution, right? To be able to say, look at this image. Don't look at this video clip. Look at this image. Does it look this way? And the problem is, Anytime you're, you're moving on an axis, up, down, left, right, if you're moving on an axis, at some point, in his case, for instance, my personal opinion, let's go there, um, is that in that axis, at some point, you're going to be pointing at somebody. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Or 
right, left, up, down. It doesn't matter. What you're not noticing is that swinging motion. The full arc of that. It's only there for a fraction of a second. A minute fraction at that. So that's really the, the difference in the case for me was watching a lot of that video and then watching how each side was portraying it. The prosecution was using a lot of still images. They yeah. were trying to avoid video. And when they used video, they were poor angled video. Um, and it was amazing, honestly, from, from this standpoint. I just, not because I really was drinking the Kool-Aid for Kyle. It was a simple fact that knowing the precedent that was going to be set had he been found guilty. Because at that point, think about any court case you see. At some point, they can argue a point that doesn't seem like it should work at all legally, but they can at least reference another court case where it went their way. Yep. So at that point, you can say, well, look at, look at the state of Wisconsin versus Rittenhouse. Well, on that note, I would say if they would have come up with any other verdict, I, I would have to, um, for those individuals that are not happy with Bilicek and Tom Brady, <laughs> the <laughs> asterisks on those games that he won. Um, <laughs> those were air quotes, by the way. Air quotes. You look at those things and you go through, you have to look at the big picture. And that was the one thing. I, I dislike the simple fact that they wanted to use steals. Once you go through and do that, then you make, you can show someone, you can show a picture of someone that's got their arm up like this, standing in front of a window. Well, he's just, you know, they've got a camera, so he's posing for the camera. No, he's got a brick in his hand. He's getting ready to break the window. I can steal that, and that's fine. If you've got video, it, it to me, it literally felt, and there are those individuals out there that said, well, the judge was was all for Rittenhouse. Anytime I seen it, it just seemed like he kept throwing a bone to the prosecutor. And realistically, I'm surprised no one called the prosecutor on the handling of the gun. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that, so that's, if, that if, scared me because I, I was if, like, "Are you sure that that thing is not loaded?" Yeah. <laughs> he pointed it right at the jury. Rule one: <laughs> treat every gun as though it's loaded. Right. Whether I mean, and, 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 and someone's going to argue that he did ask the detectives, "Did you make sure that's clear?" He actually you hear him say that, but it doesn't matter if you ask. Anyone who's handled a gun knows I can ask you, and it's not that I don't trust you. But when you hand me a firearm with the kind of in, with the kind of damage that it can cause, I am going to check that myself. Yeah, still going to check. Yeah, I mean, a pellet gun will do damage. You don't put your finger on the trigger. You certainly yeah. don't point it in anyone. And um, which there's a whole other topic to that, and that'll probably be something that we could look at at another time yeah, with the case that's going on in California or Arizona with um, a bald winning fellow. Um, but as far as Kyle Rittenhouse goes, I just really felt as though there would have there would have been, if they would have came up with a guilty verdict on any of that, there would have been an asterisk. I'm yeah, sorry. It's something that they could have pressed. It, that was that was what I, I, I had a conversation about that before the, with uh, with some friends of mine. But yeah. it was about um, yeah, if if he had been caught guilty or t told he was guilty on any of those charges, then any time that there was a air quotes protest. Um, or as we see in it, rioters, that's my opinion. It was rioters. Um, they were out there setting fires, causing damage. They came after Kyle. 
they they were telling him, you know, uh, I'm going to kill you. Yes. And using plenty of pejoratives uh, and letting him know that he was going to be killed if they caught up to him. And what do you do if you know that you're about to be killed? And my favorite, my favorite um, dichotomy was you have a gun that carries 30 rounds. Yes. And you could shoot and kill 30 people. Yes. Okay. Unless you pull eight. off a quigley. He fired eight. eight. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the point. The prosecution says, you brought this. It can kill eight people. Well, you can kill 30 people, correct? Yes. Here's the problem. The video, the testimony, everything supports that, yes, he had 30 rounds. He fired eight. And any time he pointed in a direction and they put their hands up, he didn't fire. So that you can't have it both ways. You can't argue, yes, this is a deadly weapon. You knew you could kill 30 people. And then argue, well, why didn't you shoot these people? And as a 17-year-old, to have that discernment, oh, too. Oh, man, just his, incredible. His, his gun control, because we've, we've all been at the range, and they have the little pop-up things that, that kind of come out, and it's like, oh, I killed the baby again, because it pops out. You're, no, I killed no the wrong one. No babies were harmed and, uh, during the filming of this yeah, episode. <laughs> no, yes. For our viewers, but, for our viewers just listening. The, yeah, the, the target, the, one of the targets that comes out, and you're, you're trying to save the baby, but, uh, you know, yeah. And, uh, and, and just general fear, right? Yeah. Because... You hear a gunshot. He hears a gunshot. Someone shoots at him. No one knows who, who made that shot when he was running up. Immediate adrenaline, right? Right. And he could easily turn around, at least put out cover fire even, right? And he'd have some kind of argument to, as to why. Well, I didn't know who shot at me. Well, then are you going to wait when you have 50 people rushing you from behind and you don't know which one has the gun? What exactly. I'm saying is to be 17 years old and not just turn around, he could have. And, and, and a lot of people would have turned around and just fired several exactly. times. Because you need you don't know who the threat is, and he literally had the patience in those in those moments with all that adrenaline and fear to choose a target, choose the targets, pick out the targets, discern who was the target that was trying to hurt him. Exactly, and and to make that decision rationally, and the entire time saying, "Look, I don't want to do this. I just want to get down there." And yeah. you know, for instance, for Gage, for Gage to approach him and say, "Did you shoot somebody?" Yes, and I'm going to the police, okay? You, he is no longer a threat. This is obvious he's no longer a threat. You had to run to catch up to him. He's telling you his plan, and he's obviously acting out this plan with his gun slung. And then you have the nerve. Aiming down. Yeah. yeah, you have the nerve to come to him and attempt to shoot him after you know that he's actually trying to just get away and go to the police and turn himself in. Like, where does that put you as a human being? Like, no matter what I think of this person, they're not a threat to me. They're having a conversation with me, and they've told me what they're doing, what's happened, and what they're doing. When, in, as, a, as all of us, I imagine we all have guns, yeah. right? We're all armed occasionally, if not all the time, when we go out. Yeah. If I see this situation, if it's not harming me, and I'm not protecting, I will protect people around me. But if it's if there's no immediate incident, and I know this guy's intent, and I watch other people attack him, I'm knowing that he is doing this, where in your brain do you say, this is the moment I try to be the hero to this kid who's trying to make it to the police? Oh, don't worry, officer. He was running to you to turn himself in, but I took care of him. Where does that happen? Where is that? How is that logical? No, it's not. It's emotional. It's yeah. reactive. Exactly. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, guys. Yeah, you're, going to, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, but 
uh, in each in each of the three instances where someone was struck by a bullet, they they brought it on themselves. Uh, the, the the one young man put he tries to take Kyle's gun. I'm sorry, but if you're trying to take my gun and you're telling me that you're going to kill me, uh, using spe- especially with pejoratives on top of it, I'm going to want to defend myself. He stupidly puts his hand around the barrel of the gun to, to pull it. Of course he's going to get his hand blown off. and But Kyle doesn't immediately run. He actually tries to administer medical help to he him. Does. Now, I've never shot anyone. I don't think anybody at this table has ever shot anyone that I know of. And I can't imagine having that quickness of thought to go, I just shot this person who was trying to kill me. Now I need to save them. Right. Or would even want to. Uh, yeah, that's the thing, right? Even with training. I mean, that's one thing. I listen to, a, a, I watch a lot of shooting videos and things like that. Not just at the range, like when police, like action shooters, when they have to actually do that. And I can't tell you how many times it's, you know, perpetrator fires at a police officer. Police officer fires, hits target, gets him. He's no longer a threat. And he says, don't worry, buddy. I'm not, I'm going to make sure you live. You're not going to die. And in my head, I'm going, I understand you're trained to do that, but somewhere your, your self-protection, your, your, your value, right? Like this guy is literally three seconds ago was trying to take your life to help himself. And now you've shot him and now you're securing him and keeping him alive so that he can stand trial. Like there's that idea, but then you transfer that to someone without training. I mean, he has a certain level of training, but he doesn't have, yeah. he doesn't have that kind of level. He He's a 17 year old kid. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't gone through, you know, camp to learn that. And that's amazing to go, you know what? I did this. I had to do this. But now I want to try to fix the problem, try to keep well, you alive. I think a lot of there was because, I mean, a lot of his background is because, I mean, let's face it. If you're a, a lifeguard, anyone that gets in trouble is because of their stupidity. There are situations that come about where um, something goes wrong. But as the vast majority of the time, when someone is affected in the water, it's usually because of their own stupidity. Fair. And um, so, and he has he has the ability to react to that. So his notion is is the same notion as the police officer, and a, well, any first responder um, is to where so many people run away from the noise, they run to the noise. And there are a few people that have that persona. Um, there are soldiers that are taught that, police officers, and like I said, first responders are taught that. But there are individuals out there that have um, have that level of compassion. And it's not, uh, it's not, they don't see skin, they see human race and life. And that's, that's the beautiful thing. Humanity has decayed to the point to where we take the point, uh, uh, I won't say we popped, we pop the other pill. We don't look at life as though it's precious. Right. My, we see self, and that's it. And that's the problem with yeah. the United States now. It's that's a commodity. Why, yes. Yeah. That's, that's why we're in the state that we're in is self. Selfish, self-indulged, like I had said earlier. Um, that's where society is. We've gotten to that point. But there are those of us in this society that say life is precious. You've got groups that'll say one thing, but in the end, we're part of the human race. There is no color. God didn't create color. Um, certainly doesn't treat color as as something specific. All life matters. All life counts. So, well, in, in this particular case, uh, 
to go along with that. Uh, I mean, Kyle was was called a white white supremacist from from Jump Street. Um, unfortunately, um, for a lot of those people claiming that uh, the people he defended himself against just ha- just so happened to all all be white people. Um, but they were there defending another group of people. Su- supposedly, right? Just allegedly, say. allegedly. Um, I think they were just all out for self. And not That's that not opinion. that Kyle would have known, but all all, all of the, the men that were shot um, all had rap sheets. One in particular um, was convicted pedophile several times over. In my book, if you've committed pedophilia, I mean he would he would lurk on single women with children just so that he could take advantage of their children. And to me, that's murder. Uh, yeah. That right there is murder, because you have taken you've taken not only what you've actually done, but you've affected that child yeah. lifelong. It, it doesn't matter. That that kind of trauma affects yeah. so that's many different parts. Lo- loss of innocence, uh, and that's that's another topic, innocence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for another day. But loss of innocence takes away that child's right, and that's one of the things, and that's a school topic we can get into, but um, you are forcing adulthood upon that child far beyond adulthood with that action and they don't get the opportunity to come back from it they're you know they're not forgiven in a court of law um 12 don't decide their fate 12 can't even really bring back what has been taken what has been lost what has been stolen um and and that's that's probably which kind of runs into you've got a society that's full of self. What can I get for me? And that is that is one of the greatest problems we've got right now. We don't know how to, we don't know how to love. Um, I mean, most crime, I mean, almost nearly every crime you look at is, is self. Yeah. yeah. Self. Well, how, could I, how could I better my situation? How, and, and honestly, even though you're a murderer, for instance, is still bettering your situation, right? This is yeah. a problem that I have. This person is a problem for whatever reason. Get rid of that person. Exactly. Uh, they have those things. I want those things. I take those things. You know, it's typically, like you said, it's a society of self, and the society of self is going to end up with um, a rash of crime. It's just what it is. Exactly. They'll end up with nothing. Fair. Fair. Yeah, and, and speaking of improving, feeling like they need to improve their own situation, um, someone who shouldn't have been let out of jail to begin with um, was that. Uh, young man named Daryl Brooks Jr. I want to say that name because I want people. I want people to remember that name, Daryl Brooks Jr. Love the transition, right? Um, he he claims to have been scared, yeah. So he's he's supposed supposedly allegedly running from cops. From from the last story I heard, I don't want to <coughs> make any necessarily you know opinion conjectures based upon um, the police chiefs. This is uh, identified. There was no chase against him. Um, so I don't know what all went involved, what was all involved. The police chief said there was no. Um, Regardless of him being scared of anything or feeling like he needed to. So the, the, the point of improving a situation in air quotes there, he's, he's suppo- allegedly trying to get away from something, whether it be from the cops or someone else, right? Exactly. You don't mow down barricades, go into a parade, and then weave around this person and that person like a tornado and then just decide to smash through a, a whole bunch of mostly older folks and children um, and children and, children. and 
um, last report I had seen, um, I think we'll, we'll pull that up on, on the phone. Correct it if uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Six people killed. Yes, I believe um, that the last one was like an eight year old. He's either six or eight. And yeah, um, injured forty. Uh, forty plus injured forty plus, um, which I think I think uh, actually been updated since then to, to almost fifty five plus. Wow, um, you know, and that's that's what I didn't like when you know that, that's a huge downplay when you say six killed right six killed has an effect on us. Okay, we think yeah. oh man that's six lives lost, but with fifty or more people injured, you know this isn't this isn't a, a bump on your knee. No, this no. isn't a, a jammed finger. Exactly. These are going to be people who have lifelong injuries, if not uh, massive complications, um, or several years taken off their life, mm-hmm. period, period. I mean, they've lost you know, 10, 20, 25 years of their life, possibly, and little kids that, again, it goes back to the idea of once you, do, you've, you put adult situations on a child, even if they physically mend, at what point do they mentally mend, if they ever do? They don't. Precisely. They don't. Um, so the six that died, um, you know, you say, well, six died. But if any of those happened to be, say, um, an adult that was married. So now you have a spouse that watched their better half die because of a stupid, the actions of an individual. So now you've got two people. That doesn't even declare if they have children. So one dies and say it's a family of four. So now you have three other people that are still alive that will never be the same. So you have, in essence, Yeah, they go home killed. to an empty bedroom or... A, yeah. or yeah. You've, in essence, killed um, four people. Um, maybe, maybe not killed. You killed one and have severely injured... The other three. And financial toll. Yes. You're never going to get the money you need out of this. No. It's no. never going to happen. If, if they do come back, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in hospital bills. And are you going to be able to sue this guy for it? Are you going to be able to sue the city for it? You know, uh, sure. But do you have the money to do that? Do yeah. you have the money to get to that point? And, and so you, you devastate them financially. If, if something, at some point, there's, there's no... There's no reckoning, right, for yeah. for this situation. There's no way to write it because it, it it comes down to you having to realize that what has taken place, you're not getting back. Correct. Um. So you have the option. You you see the crime. If punishment is is delegated correctly, and I'm not placing anything on what needs to be done in that court, I'm not saying that. Um, the actions that, uh, you know, God sorts, God sorts it all out in the end. Um, so whatever repercussions takes place, that's, that's what it is. But there's no way you can, there's, you're never going to get out of it. It, It's a waste. So now you have to move, move past it and pray that you've got, got the strength to get past it because that's um, there are those that lost family members to um, the China virus and uh, they can fact check that part that's perfectly fine they have their government name for it yeah and you know 
know where it came from. And we'll go from there. So we've got the individuals that have died from that and the simple fact that we can prove that we have a manufactured illness that has affected families from top to bottom. Um, I don't think that there is a family that has not been affected by it or doesn't know someone that has died from it. So you, you, with when you look at it that way, there's never, you'll never, you're not going to be the same. So the tragedy, you have to determine in yourself, do you, do you take the anger and decide that's where you live? Or do you say, this was tragedy? I know what my life is, and I have the ability to affect a change in my child's life that is now living because they don't have their parent, they don't have their uncle, they don't have their aunt, um, or brother, sister, cousin, because I know there was band members. I don't know how many of these were sitting on the sidelines versus those that were in the par- on the parade route. I know at one point I could see that he was kind of looking to swerve around some um, band, uh, band. I'm assuming that's the local high school band. It may have been one of the schools that's in the county. I, I know there were know. some flag spinners and things like that yeah. on one of the videos I've seen. So. Um, but not only is it a tragedy, but it's a tragedy that could have been avoided. Um, just going back just prior to his, his rest, just prior, mm-hmm. guess what he was trying to do? He was trying to run somebody over with his car. It actually happened to be his girlfriend. The police who show up on the scene, he also tries to run them over with his car. Wow. Um, Wow. Talk about foreshadowing. Right? Talk about an MO. Right? Mm. And so he gets out on a $1,000 bail. With the driver's license still. Exactly. Exactly. Well. And um, I know in the state of Indiana, that's not going to happen. But but whatever happened in Wisconsin, there was a lot of. Missed opportunities to shut this guy down and rehab him correctly, which to, is to, which to is be what? reintroduced in society yeah. properly. Which is what they say their 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 whole notion of of uh, defunding the police is to bring in programs to rehabilitate individuals that are, have taken the path of criminal activity. Well, the problem is is though. You have individuals that there's no amount of rehabilitation is going to solve the problem. You have career criminals. I mean, yes. this is this is their livelihood. Yes, um, their their position. And, and here in the state of Indiana, we just had an individual that robbed a. I think it was a Sprint. It was either a Sprint or a Verizon store on one side of the city and then was released and turned right back around and was on the south side in Greenwood at a AT&T store and robbed it. So you've got individuals that, like I said, we live in a society of self. There's yeah, that happened in San Francisco. It's actually even worse. Oh, yeah. The guy, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot of stories Which coming out of there. A but, whole lot but, but there's a guy that he robbed a bank, goes to jail, gets out on no bail, and this cycles through four different times 
where they're like, oh, maybe we should pull the, hold this guy into jail for a little bit longer. He robbed four banks before they said, ah, oh, maybe we should hold on to him a little bit longer. I mean, think about it, though. Under $1,000 is a misdemeanor. At yeah. 950 I think, is the cutoff. Depends on the uh, state you're in. Uh, it's Well, it's under 1000 I think. It, it's like as long as... At one point, it was under $1,000 is what they were saying. But then I know a lot of the news reports is is it's, it can't go over 900 So I'm not sure exactly which it is. I think it's muddy so, water anyway. So, yeah, it's, yeah. So when you take... Theft is still theft, period. And I had posted something about this a couple of days ago. I imagine you saw it, Josh, like on the Laughing Libertarian, the, where, I, where I posted that it was like, you know, hey, San Francisco... You know, defunding the police and dropping your and dropping the well, raising the amount that you can steal and keep it a misdemeanor. How's that going for you? Right. You, right. You take the police off the streets. We need to rehabilitate. Right. But then we also lessen charges. And then we also allow you to steal more before we actually press real charges. Do you not see a crossroads here? You're giving a perfect playbook to these these criminals. And then you're sitting around going, well, why are all these places getting robbed? Well, I mean, that's how you end up with 50 to 80 People with ski masks on walking into a Nordstrom and taking everything off the shelves. And are you gonna? Are you gonna? <laughs> Not just a Nordstrom, uh, Louis Vuitton. Yes. Oh yeah, Louis Vuitton next door. Yes. Right. There, there is nothing like a three thousand dollar handbag that will accommodate feeding your children. Yeah. Precisely, and that, you know that's what got me was, you know, they raise the amount because they're saying you know the crimes of need, things like that. Okay, it's a difference if someone goes in and robs a, a dollar store because they need a handful of goods, or they or they rob a. a grocery store. Now, I'm not saying those are right. No way, shape, or form I'm saying that's okay. I'm saying reach out to the other, there are other routes to get your needs, Yeah, um, not stealing, but... Which, which we definitely, I'll let you continue there, but for those that will be listening, there are plenty of food banks out there, so theft does <laughs> find not Find your need, local mission and visit, you know, Find a <laughs> local mission. There are those out there that can supply you with bread, milk, cheese, eggs, and probably, well, it may be canned meat. Sometimes even shelter. But yes, and shelter. And a lot of pantries are, are flush with stuff right now, too. I mean, it's amazing. Yes. There are Absolutely. some that are struggling, but the uh, the number two in the world um, runs uh, one of their uh, main headquarters is in the state of Indiana. They take care of a lot of other smaller food banks, and I highly recommend if you research it, Send money, not you. Not even so much having. And they're not worry. a sponsor, by the way. Just uh, as no, no. Yeah. But uh, just my personal belief is, if you want to help, and I'd recommend that people do, because there are those out there that have true needs. Um, but you can supply money rather than the cans of food, and here's why: the uh, manager or uh, the director of the organization identified that. They have the ability with the supply chain to take, uh, you know, you can pick up a can of green beans, peas, corn for 95 cents. You give them a dollar, they can get two or three cans of peas, corn, green beans, spinach, you know. They can... Because of the organization they belong to. Yes, because of the organization, they can get kind of that, uh, the contractor's price or the uh, a purchaser's Is price. The name of the, the name of the organization, particular. Um, I cannot remember uh, Moody Radio, which is also not a sponsor, but <laughs> something that I do enjoy listening to. It'd be nice in the future, though. Uh, yes. Reach out, Mister. Um, <laughs> not that we're the perfect show for them, but we <laughs> are a show. Um, but fundamentally, they very sound. One of the things that they are looking to do here in Indianapolis 
is the bus depot that is downtown. They're looking to do a food pantry in there. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good so, place. So, centrally so located. Centrally yeah. located. So literally, there's no reason for theft. And when you go through and say these are thefts of necessity, no, I'm sorry. And, and even trying to, to say, well, if you go into a grocery store, I'm still kind of going back going, no, because I know that within the distance of just about any grocery store, there's at least two food pantries in the state of Indiana or in the city of Indianapolis. Well, I know that we have what, Gleaners. Is that one of them? Uh, gleaners is one of them. Gleaners, gleaners isn't, um, it, I do not believe it's Gleaners. Um, gleaners is probably a subsidiary okay. of this one. Um, and then we have we have the mission, we have Wheeler, which yes. is one of our bigger missions in, in this state. And then uh, um, one that um, your church gives to. Um, the church I grew up in uh, yes. uh, um, give, gives to Good News Mission. Good News Mission. Um, um, let's see here. Yeah, but uh, I'll go ahead and fill that in while you're looking that up. Um, if you can, give give money to those those missions. Um, they, they can do a lot of good. Um, I know that I worked uh, a lot of um, uh, homeless outreach myself with, with uh, my cousin Jonathan. And um, what a lot of people don't realize about, in particular with the homeless and the needy, um, is that they are they are human beings. They are people with with feelings and everything. And a lot of times, going back to what you were saying, Alan, about like the the um, the crime of necessity, um, that's because it goes all the way back to what I was saying earlier. Um, unfortunately, they were taught um, instead of how to think and left to their own devices, they were taught what to think. They were given a culture of this is how you get money. This is how you get your necessities met. Right. Yeah. If if you're broke, you need money, get a hold of a firearm that fell off the back of a truck or a, or a, a, a knife or whatever you need, uh, you feel like you need, to then go get your necessities met, your needs met. Well, it's also assigning value to things that don't really have value. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, like that Louis Vuitton bag. I mean, if you need a bag, you can get a bag. Yeah. You know, that brand name doesn't mean anything if you need it. If you want it, it, mean, it means something. But if yeah. you need it, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Uh, food for the hungry, and um, I don't think that's that's it. It may be. Um, I'll have to go back through the archives on Moody Radio, their, their app, and see if I can't locate it for the next show. But um, so to say necessity, I don't buy into the city of Indianapolis, there I know, I know there's at least four or more on Thirty Eighth Street alone. Yeah. Small churches and small communities, uh, community organizations that have food banks yeah. and have food stores that you can go into. So, so e- even making that argument that the government, um, well, hold on, let me retract that. Individuals that choose to follow their own viewpoint, deem certain activities and certain um, attributes of certain people that they can do as they wish to fulfill a specific need, knowing full well that that's just a line of junk. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be honest. If you need a meal, Meals on Wheels, you can get set up. Food for the hungry. These The, the different food banks... Um, clothing. If you, yes, clothing. 
there is some organization near you. So likely Christian based. I just yes, want to put that so out there. I don't know how, how many other so, faiths you actually know of that uh, uh, that are giving out food and clothing, but usually, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the only ones I've ever ran across have always been faith based. Uh, yes. That's not saying they're not there. Yeah, it's not saying they're not there. We're not saying they're not there. We're just saying it's just um, the majority. (laughs) The majority of them are being led by faith-based groups. To go back to Alan's point, not saying that it's not that it's that's right, but you were you were on a track there. I was on a track. Yeah, it has been derailed, sir. It has been completely derailed. (laughs) But not to say that it's right. No, no. And then back to you. No, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, Where you was headed with it was, you know. Understand if there is a situation where you have a necessity, I don't ever believe that there's any reason that what someone else has should be your top priority. Right. If you can't show me a uh, show me one single company in the United States that isn't hiring. Well, and absolutely. And to that point, again, it's about about self, right? Yes. So uh, the, the issue is when you can dehumanize, you can deface another person. And what I mean by that is not actually taking an individual. But you look at this store. It's a store. Just like people look at houses and homeowners and, and landlords, right? The landlord is some incredibly wealthy entity that owns the house that you live in. So why should you have to suffer when they're, and make them rich, right? You look at this shop down the street. You don't look at the fact that that's a fledgling shop that's owned by a couple who has three kids and they have to make a mortgage payment plus pay for everything in there. Now they look exactly. at it and they go, well, I'm not taking clothes off of your back. I'm not taking money out of your bank account. I'm not taking food out of your pantry. I'm taking it out of this store, this store right here. This is nothing to you. You have a bunch of it, and it's covered under insurance. No, not necessarily. Not covered under insurance, first and foremost. And second of all, that is still the livelihood. You're still taking out of their pantry by them having to replenish those things. Exactly. <laughs> and And – and still, an insurance company is is specifically designed to be the 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 best run form of gambling. Right. You are gambling. You'll never need your insurance if you spend more than you make. You fail, and insurance companies don't fail. No, no, <laughs> no. So, once again, it, and and I come back to the notion: if you truly believe that what I have is worth more to you than it is to me, then you might find that you're sadly mistaken. Um, a rich man wants to stay a rich man. A poor man wants to get out, but he's got a decision to make. He can, uh, as, as certain of the political spectrum, you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And it is a metaphorical statement it is not a physical statement it doesn't mean you can't ask for help right exactly you can ask for help but in the end if you're not putting in the work you're not getting anything done when you go through and say that your environment your neighborhood is holding you back then you have you have as i as i as we stated earlier it's speaking victory into someone's life if all you tell someone is that because of where you live, you're never going to get anywhere, I have a problem with that. Because here's the deal. If you talk to any NBA player, anyone in the NFL, 
and um, the National uh, American League and the ba- and uh, National League of Baseball. I mean, there's been some pitchers that are were Cuban born that got they got the opportunity of a lifetime to pitch in the majors. So, so the whole notion that we are inherently a racist country is a little difficult to buy into considering we have third world countries that are going the American dream, the American dream, the American dream isn't just a wrestler. It is a thought process that we had. Um, When the Greeks were looking to enhance what they had done in their conquests across the world was bringing in a way of life. Now, a portion of that way of life was going to affect some in a rough way, some in a better way, and some even better. And there's always going to be that staircase that you've got to decide if you're going to climb it or expect everyone that's in front of you to fall so you can have their spot. If everyone's moving up the ladder, there's always going to be a rung for you to step on. Somebody's going to get to the top. And if we're all going the same direction, we can all get there, especially if we're looking out for each other. And that's not what we're doing anymore. Um, He didn't care. Um, Rapper, you only have to listen to his music to determine, and I have, I'm not going to dog on rap music. All I'm saying is, is if you want to influence a specific picture with your music, you write it, you sing it. Now the problem is, if you decide to live it, then there's the problem I have. If you say gunning people down in your music is what is the end game, well, then you find yourself with problems. Self sooner or later has to come out, and that's what he ran into. Uh, along with some other people, no pun intended, and please don't get mad at us or a view that I am <laughs> saying something ill because uh, feel bad for anyone that was hurt during that, to say the least. Yes. But in order to get to the end game, sooner or later, you've got to decide is where you at, where you're at, if you're ready to elevate it, those that are around you would love an elevated situation also. We can all climb the ladder, or we can all continue to push each other off. And right now, that's where we're at. The Senate and House can't, can't accommodate anything. And sooner or later, and the thing that I fear is they're going to convince a civil war between three groups of people and then bring in an outside fourth in order to bring us into submission. So uh, that's about where I'll run with that. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good way to end cap. Uh, and in interest in the interest of time, we've we've gone we've gone pretty far uh, with our other guests, uh, their journey. Uh, my dog, she Came likes to, to be the star of the show. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to end cap it right there. Yeah. Um, unless, unless anybody feels like they have anything they want to add to. No, I I think we re ran long enough. I think we've talked some people's ears off today. Yeah. And that's that's okay, though. Yeah. That's okay. So, again, I'm Joshua Cummins. This is Faith, Family, and Politics. 
Gary Moore? Yes. Alan McFarland? Alan McFarland, yes. Come back again. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you then. Bye.